This is a Suno India production and you're listening to Science and Us. Since mid-February, there has been a steep rise of COVID-19 cases in India. This has now firmed up to what is called the second wave of COVID-19 in the country. This wave started in Vidarbha region of Maharashtra. If you look at the trajectory of cases, you will find that cases had grown in uh, mid-September. Then they had continuously declined till uh, the first week of February. And they have now started climbing up from first week of February till date. It's a continuous climb. Yesterday, in the last 24 hours, the country reported more than 96,000 cases. Day before yesterday, the country had reported more than a lakh cases. The states of maximum concern to us still remain uh, Maharashtra, Punjab and Chhattisgarh. Maharashtra, because of its share in the total number of cases, as well as total number of deaths nationally. This is Rajesh Bhushan, the health secretary of the country, in a press conference held on April 6th. The COVID-19 cases in Maharashtra constitute nearly half the cases recorded nationally. The other states where the cases are rising are Chhattisgarh, Karnataka, Uttar Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh, Delhi, Tamil Nadu and Kerala. Maharashtra was leading the country's charts of COVID-19 cases in the country even in the last wave. Particularly, the cities of Pune and Mumbai were worst hit. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao. I spoke to Dr. Subhash Salonke, the technical advisor to the Maharashtra government on COVID-19. He is a public health official and has worked as the director of health services of the state before he retired. He spoke about the challenges for the state government in the second wave. What do you think is the main driver of the second wave that has started in Maharashtra? I think uh, basically uh, this second wave was anticipated by some of us and that is precisely the reason when in the month of December, Jan, the meetings were being conducted, we had warned that viral pandemics are notoriously known to occur in the waves. We have seen first wave and there is a substantial decline doesn't mean it will be sustained or it will, it will not need hospitals. I was one of the few people who was insisting that don't dismantle which are temporary, uh, which were temporarily created, uh, the jumbo hospitals. And uh, that fortunately government did accept this recommendation. It is misnomer to say that the Maharashtra was uh, feeling that this epidemic or pandemic is over and things are back to the normal. This was a kind of a perception generated right from the Delhi level that, oh, we have control, oh, oh, now we are out of the woods. That kind of mixed messages were coming from different levels. And naturally, when people started feeling that, okay, <coughs> that the <coughs> problem seemed to be over, and with this vaccine, we'll be able to give us tremendous amount of help. And then people were, uh, in addition to that, for economic activities, government allowed, you know, additional mobility, the local trains were started in Maharashtra, in Mumbai, and buses were started not only in Mumbai and uh, Pune everywhere, 
including Maharashtra and in every state practically. So naturally, you know, the uh, public functions, political functions, marriage ceremonies, elections, whatnot and whatnot, everywhere we ensured that the COVID appropriate behavior is put to the back burner and nobody is bothering about it. This is a practically national kind of an character that we have shown, not in Maharashtra alone. So let us not isolate and single out Maharashtra. It was seen in Delhi. It was seen in Northern India. It was seen in Maharashtra and Southern India. This was mainly picked up when I was in Amravati during the February. We realized that it is not only it is uh, getting activated, second wave is getting activated, but there could be possibility of mutation because what we were not seeing initially or in the first phase that the entire families were getting affected, localities were getting affected. That was the comparatively newer picture. And that was something which we, and which we uh, felt need to be quickly addressed. And uh, we requested government of India. And that is how those 10 institutions were asked to carry out the uh, virological studies to understand whether there is any mutation, if so, at what level. And you know what we are seeing now, full-blown second wave in Maharashtra. And this is not going to get restricted to Maharashtra. It's going to go to other states also. We are now seeing in Madhya Pradesh, we are seeing in Rajasthan, we are seeing in Delhi, we are seeing in Chhattisgarh. So it is not that it is going to remain restricted to Maharashtra and it won't go to UP and Bihar and West Bengal. It is bound to happen. Recently, a government body studying COVID-19 mutations sequenced a new double variant along with other known variants of concern in the country, such as the British and the South African variant. The new double variant bears two significant mutations in the coronavirus spike protein. The scientists named it E484Q plus L452R. This mutation is associated with higher infectivity and with the capacity to evade antibodies. This mutation has been found in samples collected from Nagpur city, said Dr. Sujit Kumar Singh, director of National Center for Disease Control, in a press conference held last month. He explains this further. We have seen this double mutant E484Q and L452R. So this is the double mutant which has been observed in 206 samples in Maharashtra and then in a varied number in Delhi also 9 samples and so on. So when we link with that, because we have to see that from where the samples have been picked. So this is very, very relevant. In Nagpur, yes, we have found a substantial number around 20%. So that 20% just correlating with the type of surge, it is not possible. I asked Dr. Salonke about the research on the mutations that is underway. Uh, Sir, just to be clear, the government said that they have found mutations, but they are saying that they still cannot establish a link between the mutation and the kind of exponential spread. I I mean, of course, the evidence is pending on this. I mean, it's still under process. But what do you see? How long? How long? How long we are going to wait for that? Why don't government of India come out very clearly and say that 15%, 20%, 50, 80% of the viruses that we are seeing in Maharashtra are due to or mutated virus or no. Why don't we get clarity on this issue? There are some issues on which 
inordinate delay is causing problem. There is a confusion. What kind of information does the Maharashtra state force need to sort of proceed with this, with you know more uh, scientific precision? As far as I am concerned, as a technical advisor, I am saying let's not bother about what percentage it is. Let us bother about the fact that present uh, you know virus is propagating itself very fast. That means transmissibility is obviously and clearly indicating families are affected. So transmission is occurring very, very fast. And that is how you can see the steep curve. So that is one. And second important point is that in respect to what kind of a mutated virus it is, which is still amenable to the public health measures or COVID appropriate behavior. I think that is the most critical one. The breaking the chain, that is what government of Maharashtra is trying its best, is the basis on which we have to address whatever that mutant virus it is, but it is amenable to the existing mechanisms or existing strategies. So, so let us vigorously uh, follow and apply these strategies. That is what my recommendations are to the state government and also to government of India. The Cero surveillance report showed that, you know, 50% prevalence in parts of Pune and Bombay. And, you know, uh, still the cities have pretty high number of cases. Uh, I mean, you know, even in the second wave. And they had a high number of cases even in the first wave. So why do you think uh, the cities have, these two cities particularly have been struck again? No, no, I personally feel that Mumbai and Pune, even though they had a zero surveillance positivity, but it was not uniform. The, the zero surveys that have been carried out were patchy. And you cannot, by any standard, say that, that the entire city of Pune or Mumbai had a 50%, 60%. No, absolutely it was not. There were some areas where there was very high zero prevalence and there was low zero prevalence also. The fact remains that when you get such a large number of cases, huge number of cases now is indicative that the sizable section of the population in both the cities are vulnerable. And because they are vulnerable, we are, we are getting these cases. Now, as far as the rest of the state, uh, well, most of the districts in Maharashtra, uh, I think uh, Vidarbha was comparatively in the first wave, comparatively less affected. But now it has got, again, the similar level, similar you know, high level of the infection. And I personally feel that there is no district now, whether it is Gachiroli or Chandrapur or Nandurbar, even Nandurbar is got affected. So no district in Maharashtra, we can say is immune and it is bound to get impacted uh, lesser or more. But the most congested cities like Pune, Mumbai, Nasik, Nagpur, Thane are the ones which are now highly affected. Is there a difference even in the parts of cities which are more affected now? Yes, we are seeing, for example, in Mumbai, comparatively, the, the highly affected areas like Worli or in Pune, the Revoir Pet and uh, these Petas are showing still comparatively less number of cases than the, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the areas where there are societies comparatively higher socioeconomic uh, group of people are living. But that particular difference is slowly vanishing. And even those uh, congested areas through the plums were bound to get impacted in next uh, week or so.
So what does that mean for those who are trying to understand immunity then, right? I mean, either we assume that most of this, these, this population that is affected again is susceptible or are we also seeing reinfections? Yeah, there's a combination of the two. Please remember, there are chances of reinfection, definitely. But at the same time, when you see so-called herd immunity, definitely there is no herd immunity. That is what we are saying now. If at all it was supposed to be there, it seemed to have remained transient. And uh, the same people are getting now vulnerable. And unfortunately, even now, why don't we have institutions which are there in various parts of our state or various uh, parts of our country are in position to clearly come out with the planned studies and give proper information for decision makers. And this is where I think we have fallen short. As a country, we should have now, at least for each state, we should have staggered sort of an immunity level you know, mapping done and indicative that, well, these are the areas likely to be protected and these are the areas vulnerable. So vaccination priority needs to be given to the most vulnerable area. So that kind of a studies we have not done at the state level, not at not done at the central level. So I mean, in general, if we have to sum up, what do you think is the major difference, like major differences between the first wave and the second wave? Major difference is that last year we were groping in dark. This this particular wave, we know what it is, how to manage the cases, what kind of an infrastructure is needed. That information is now available to us. We also have now a very important tool, which was not there in the first wave, and that is the vaccination. And we must take full advantage of that additionality. And if we vaccinate, if we succeed in vaccinating substantial population within the country, within the state, within Mumbai, I'm sure in few days we'll be able to control this epidemic. So you're saying that even, even one dose will help? Certainly. You take vaccine today and tomorrow you are protected. That doesn't happen. But this second wave is not going to be over in next three days or four days. It is going to remain for a period of month and one and a half month. And who knows, maybe after a couple of in the month of June, we may get third wave. So to protect against the extended second wave and the possible third wave, let us try and focus on both one on the public health measures of you know testing, tracking and treating the people who are already infected and vaccinating as much as much population as possible. What kind of strategy related to vaccination you think will help reduce the number of cases or control it in some way? I think I think in in uh, factually because of uh, gap between demand and supply as far as vaccine production is concerned, is going to be there. We cannot expect that 130 crore population will get easily two doses, one. So demand supply gap is going to be there. And so the staggered approach is must. But at the same time, government of India will have to consider those states, cities, those areas more vulnerable. And these vulnerability is reflected by two ways. One is you carry out systematic studies and say what kind of an antibody levels are there, that we have not done it. But now you can see the picture, what is the virus itself is showing you where it is affecting strongly. Now in city of Pune or in Mumbai, when you get eight, nine, 10,000 cases a day, 
what studies you are needed let us focus on these areas where you are getting maximum cases in those micro containment zones or major wards so that is where we should go absolutely like a bombarding or by vaccination let us vaccinate everyone even if 45 years as the cut off limit let us complete that my personal view is we should extend it to 18 plus and particularly to begin with those who are comorbid and those who are beyond 18 they must be given vaccination not restricting to only 45 one more thing i wanted to also ask you and this is about health preparedness and this time because of more cases in the rural areas what are the challenges you feel though maharashtra has a relatively better health system but still uh, in rural areas it's never as good as in the urban areas so what are the challenges you feel actually the challenges are non availability of uh, highly trained doctors and nurses that is the only challenge physical infrastructure wise maharashtra government has planned it and we are pushing through uh, but appropriate number of the trained doctors who are in position to you know operate the ventilators judge the requirement of the cases ventilator as an instrument or equipment is one part but to understand the nuances of the you know technology and you connect it to the clinical you know requirement of the patient maharashtra government is trying to assist the doctors both in public sector and private sector by way of designing the clinical guidelines and also using telemedicine or the technology which can be used by the specialists who are in mumbai pune and guide the doctors in district and sub district hospitals we did do like sero surveys and we did uh, last year i mean last year we've done uh, the government of india says they have encouraged you know state and municipalities to do it etc etc so what what kind of information do planners like y'all need to handle this particular wave what are the gradients of details that we've missed which would have been more helpful now i think the most critical part we have really missed and we had an opportunity we could have done that appropriately the zero surveys and mapping the entire state district by district clearly pointing out the vulnerable areas and these vulnerable areas could have been focused on both public for public health measures and also for vaccination i think that opportunity as a country as a state we have lost and now we are i mean the zero zero zardik juncture are irrelevant there is no point in doing that so at this stage we need to really try and understand the effect of vaccination to what extent the vaccination is protecting people that is one study that can be very useful when you say zero surveillance were not done well enough you say that at least we should have done more of those i mean more wider zero uh, surveillance studies is what you mean right Yes, yes, definitely we could have done it district by district. Our districts are huge, you know, having population more than couple of millions. So we could have done very well planned studies, and we would have been in much better position to plan the uh, preventive or uh, uh, preventive strategies as well as for vaccination. The government of India did like a overall like all India level study, and oh, not these type of studies being done at all India level. are or academic these are these are have uh, these studies have only academic value 
and have no much value as far as operational part is concerned it's too wide i mean we are talking about a country which is continent size and population of 135 crore you know this is not a public health approach please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people so please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on facebook twitter or instagram <laughs>